0: You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner.
1: Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I'm passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a brand new career. With more than 40 million people currently out of work, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working or now probably working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve success and growth in your careers. On today's show, we're going to talk about a topic that many people have uh, differing opinions on, your personal brand. As always, if you have questions you'd like us to answer on air, please send us an email at careerconvoswvox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswvox. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years experience in career services and recruiting. I like to joke that essentially my job is getting people paid. Now, I'm joined today by someone who is the expert in personal branding. Susan Critton is a master personal brand strategist, the author of Personal Branding for Dummies and an executive career coach. So she literally wrote the book on branding and so i'm so excited to have her here for us today um, so thank you for joining me say hello to all of our listeners
2: thanks so much erin thank you for having me and look forward to having the conversation
1: same here so i wanted to kind of set the stage in the beginning because i actually got in trouble myself with branding um, my sister may never forgive me but i brought some off name off-brand cereal and she informed me that that is not something I can do and I didn't realize that a cereal brand would matter so much to her and so when I was thinking about brands as we started to talk about this conversation I was thinking well how does that really make sense for a personal brand you know my sister's love of cereal feels very different than how I think about myself and so since you are the expert I'd love to kind of turn it over to you what does it mean to have a personal
2: brand so so that's that's a great story because um, when we have strong brands, strong brands aren't just what they do for you. So, in your sister's case, she likes a certain kind of cereal, but more than that, she's emotionally connected to that cereal. And so, when we think about our own personal brands, um, I want you to remember that it's really that place about not just being able to do something well, but it's also about connecting with other people emotionally. And so, it's really a twofold process. And so Companies that just try and sell our brand does xxx and just it's all about what the product does. Part of what they do, if they're they're really good at marketing that, is they start to get people emotionally connected to the brand because then they're loyal. And so much like people, is a, a personal brand is simply it's who, you know who you are. It's about a promise about who you are and what you do. So very simply, a promise about who you are and what you do. So when you think about that, and you think about a personal brand, it's really about who you are and what you do, and then how do people connect with you as you do it? So it sounds pretty simple, and that's the definition of a brand, but what branding is, and this is what I do with my clients, and what many career professionals do with their clients, is to really create a brand as a strategic set, trying to set up this strategic set of positive experiences about where somebody has that about you. So it would be, it's a very thoughtful process. There's actually many steps you take to do that. It doesn't just happen overnight. That's such a good point because when you think about who
1: you are and what you do you know there's probably tons of information i mean i could probably talk all day about things that nobody wants to hear about what i do and so it does seem like it would be not complicated but different steps to then kind of create that but still have it
2: feel i guess on brand
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: exactly and so a big piece of that which i'm sure we'll talk about is you need to really think about Who are the people you're trying to reach? Who is your target audience? Who are you speaking to? And so when I look at, when I work with people in their personal brands, there's really three phases. The first is know your brand. The second is communicate your brand. And then third is control your brand ecosystem. And what I find is often when people reach out to me, they're like, oh, I need to look really good on LinkedIn and I need to have good documents. Yes, that's true. But first you need to go know who you are and what it is. You think about it, you as a product, which a lot of people don't really like to think about, but when we're out there exuding that to to people, we are, is you really have to know your product well. and so. With my clients, I would bet I spend easily of those three pieces, easily 60% of my time on the, you know, get to know who you are and what are the things that you want to sell and who it is you're speaking to. So who that target audience is.
1: Oh my gosh, 60%. Well, so for our listeners to just give them a starting point, what would be kind of some of the things that they could do to get themselves started so they can know themselves
2: as a brand? Well, I would say one of the things is that you 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 need to really define who you are. So there are a lot of pieces to that. You can really start by looking at what are my values? What do I care about? What are the things that I get the emotional currency from in the workplace? Um, another one I recommend to all my clients is to take the Strengths Finder, the Gallup Strengths Finder, and really oh, yeah. look at What are your strengths? And so these are the things that you're naturally talented at, you're naturally good at, you almost can't help yourself that you just do them. So you might as well be using that as part of what your brand is. So I always wanna see how do your strengths show up? Does anybody see these about you? Um, What is it about you that is especially good? You can think about your education, your training. Um, Also things like, you know, a lot of times people say, I wanna have passion in my work. Of course you do. But the realistic part is, we can't all have passion all day long, because right then it would, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but that, it would be thing, too much. It would be too much. So, so kind of the I, I don't want to say the lower bar to that is, what do you like to do? Are you aligning your brand with what you like to do? Um, also, mm-hmm. it could be you know things like your hobbies. You know if. Um, though that can be part of your brand because what it does is it makes you human. I, I like to call that your freak factor, but it's that piece about, about what is what makes you human, what's a little different about you. Um, and just a, a quick story on that is, and the reason why I use that is it makes you relatable. So those are, so I'm a, I'm a new beekeeper. Now that has nothing to do with my work, but I can get in a conversation with people about, well, how did you set that up? And why are you interested in beekeeping? And then it, it can evolve into a career conversation, but it's an opener. It's a place that people can connect with me uh, more personally, back to the emotional piece.
1: I love that so we're gonna take a quick break um, but stay with us because right after this we're gonna be talking more about personal branding and things that you can do to make sure whether you're a beekeeper or not that you're moving yourself forward in the right way
0: having to let go of your valued employees is never easy especially now don't do it alone Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt RiseSmart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner.
1: Welcome back to Career Conversations presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and I'm joined today by Susan Critton, a master personal brand strategist and we are having what I consider a very exciting conversation about branding. So we're gonna start with kind of a fun exercise, kind of a point of entry for defining your personal brand. Uh, One of the things that we see all the time is that Job searching and anything that kind of relates to career, it's this kind of weird space where you talk about yourself and you're giving messaging that you'd never do any other point in time. Like nobody's going to go to a barbecue this weekend and say, hey, let me tell you about this time. I showed value at the workplace. Like it just doesn't happen. And so then people get into these spaces where all of a sudden they're like, what am I supposed to say? How do I talk about myself? And how does that fit into who you are and what your brand is? This exercise, I actually think, is like one of the really great starting points. So I'd love it if you kind of could outline that for our
2: listeners. Of course, and so one of the, my favorite ways to just get people thinking about branding is to say, "What's your one word?" If you would, th- if you were to think about one word that describes you, that you describe yourself with, maybe other people would agree with that and describe you with that as well what would that one word be? So I would say one of one of my many words, right? We all have many words, but one of my many words is enthusiasm. And I think the people that know me and who are around me would agree with that. And so sometimes my enthusiasm is actually shows up when I don't like something as well. So there's, there's always that piece too, but on the enthusiasm piece. And then from a branding perspective, you ask that question about, does anyone see that about you? Are you... Um, showing up in that way. Um, are you true to that word? Do you speak in language that's, enth- if I would use that word, enthusiastic? Do you use language that's enthusiastic? Do you? Is your energy level that? Uh, what would other people see with that? Would anyone else describe you with that? So, so one of my favorite assignments is to ask my clients, what's their one word? And then I challenge them to live that word for the next week, while they observe themselves so as they observe a whole week that seems like a lot a whole week and i asked them to come back and tell me what they noticed and and part of a big part of personal branding is to get people to start to pay attention to their actions so it's not just about this one word and really focusing on that i mean that's a piece of it It's about getting people to start to focus on their own behavior to walk around and say, is this on brand for me is this. Am I living my word Um, and and having that level of attention to start to pay attention to yourself is really a huge piece of around branding.
1: Well, one of the things that I think is really interesting thinking about this kind of concept of one word is, like you said, there are some people that have kind of positive or negative connotations about that. Have you ever had someone turn back to you and say, well, all of my words, you know, if I'm enthusiastic, that's not what people want. They want something that's the opposite of, of what, who I am or what my brand is. Like, does it ever give people pause where they're saying, well, who I am just isn't going to fit into
2: what I'm doing or my work or my career? Well and so that leads to a bigger question, right? If you are living in a place you could never be yourself, you're never going to be very good. So, how do you look at who, you know, who you are, the situations you put yourself in and a lot of people, I don't want to say get lazy, but they get complacent. And the idea with your brand is that when you're truly on brand, that's when you become extraordinary. And it's where you're really gonna be the best of you. So if they're questioning, nobody's gonna like me with this one word, either they've gotta do some soul searching and look at another career, or maybe they need to look and say, is this word really me? So so the key here is self-reflection. I love that. Now, for some
1: of these people, It's going to start with defining your brand and and really figuring that out. But you were mentioning that when this one word, you spend a week and you really are paying attention to your actions. Um, Do people ever get stuck there where they're just paying attention to their actions and they're not moving their brand forward or not really doing the work
2: to really know their brand where they're just like, that's my word. That's it. I'm done. Nothing else there. No, not if they work with me. They get a whole lot more assignments. They get assignments to look at their values. They are taking the strengths finder. They're filling out, you know, and this is I have all this in my book, which is great because not everybody can i can't work with everybody right so they could just follow along (laughs) in the books and and even my clients i'm working with will be working along saying you missed a section in your book that you talked about (laughs) it's real it's actually no so so there you know we're gathering words as part of what we're doing as part of this and we look at things called your rational attributes versus your emotional attributes. And that was what we started with the brand and the cereal with is that your rational attributes are all the qualities that you've probably put on your resume all the things you know how to do, what your skill sets are, all of those things, but the emotional attributes are the ones that connect us to each other. They're the reasons why people wanna keep you in you know, in working with them. They are the reasons why people hire you. So I always think it's so important to have both a combination of those rational attributes, the emotional attributes, because here's another piece about branding. You can't have a brand if you're like everyone else. You have to differentiate. And I think it's especially hard for those of us, you know, like I'm, I'm in the human services field, so to me, I'm doing my best work when I find what about us is the same that we can connect on, which is part of those emotional attributes, but really to have a good brand, you also have to be able to differentiate yourself.
1: That reminds me, I had a client that I was working with um, about a year ago, and they were a real seasoned exec, you know, um, absolutely, you know, really smart, worked in hospitality, you know, working at very, I think, high-end hotels. And it's funny because when they were working with me, there was this one entry on their resume that they refused to take off that had nothing to do with what they did now. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was talking to them, and I said, listen, you know, this is pretty old, like, I don't know why you want that there, and and they said to me, okay, well, look at what that entry is, and I said, okay, it says here that you were a lifeguard when you were in high school, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, you are a high-powered executive, like, you don't need this, and they said, but my story is, I started out as a lifeguard at this hotel and I worked my way up and I've been in hotels ever since I was in high school. And it was such a clever way to turn it around because for me, I was like, listen, buddy, you're not going to get hired based on you, your swimming skills. You're just not, it's not going to happen. Um, And they kind of chided me, and uh, and it really was part of their brand or brand DNA or whatever you want to call it, that their story was, you know, they started when they were young in this industry, and they knew it from that, you know, entry-level lifeguard through this high-powered executive. And it's funny because I don't know what their one word would have been or anything like that, but when you did talk to them, you know, you could get that communication of this is the person that just because they were in a high-powered role, you know, in this very important chain, they still understood what it was like to be the little guy, you know, and the person who's just, you know, I'm the part-time lifeguard on weekends and I'm in school and doing other things. Um, And they really kind of corrected me because in the beginning I was like, listen, do you
2: want to be hired as a lifeguard? What's happening here? So here's what I would do with that is I would turn that story into their LinkedIn about section. And that's one place that you can let go of the very so-and-so did such-and-such and and all the the exact wording of, you know, all the things you've done. To me, actually, that can be really boring. Um, And yet, this is where he could tell that story where it shows that emotional connection with who he is, how he worked hard to get from there. And he could even play with the idea of the lifeguard getting in rescuing, getting getting back out and sitting on the top and not being there to swim around in all the mess, but getting in, taking care of a problem and getting right back out to do his job again. And you know, he could play with that story thread and that could be part of his brand versus it being this random fact over here that did that he didn't connect. So that would be a piece of it that I would really look at with him is, you know, it, so our next phase of branding really is communicate your brand. So once you've defined it, you need to communicate it. And so if something like that was an important piece for him, it would certainly weave that into his story. Well, so we're going to have to take a quick break, but let's talk about the story and
1: moving into that online and that communication piece, which you're right, is so important. Um, when we come back from our next break,
0: having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader, Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner.
1: Welcome back to Career Conversations presented by Randstad RiseSmart. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner. And yet again, I'm joined by executive coach and master personal brand strategist, Susan Critton. And she has a really interesting story that I'm really excited for our listeners to dig into.
2: You know, so where we kind of left off is this idea of um, how do you tell a story? And to me, what your brand is, your brand is your story. So I think that this is where I spend so much time on the getting to know who the person is, because then your story is that golden thread that connects everything that you've done. And a lot of times when you look at a resume, it's very much this fact and this job, next fact and that job and i as a as a personal brand expert like to take my clients and say but what's your story? What are the connecting pieces? And sometimes people ask me, well, I did this and this and they're completely different. And I always look for, there's always a thread, always, always, always a thread between that. And it could be a thread from your personality. It could be a skill set that's just applied in a really different way. So I think a really big piece for this, and as people are listening about their brand, part of what you're looking for at your story is in that about section of your LinkedIn summary. This is the place where it is first person. It is social media. You are looking um, in how you tell your story to paint the picture. So in a lot of ways, it's that tell me about yourself. It can serve many functions. It can be the about section on LinkedIn. It can be the tell me about yourself. And it's really a, a more holistic, who am I as I do the work that I do? Well, one of my pet peeves with that
1: particular section of LinkedIn is that sometimes I get people who are like, then I was born, the world came into fruition, where they start so far in the past where they're like, the earth started spinning and all of a sudden there was light and I'm like, well, who are you? What's happening here? And so what would you say to the person who's like, let me start back in the dark ages or like caveman and then move forward into who I am as a person?
2: Um, Not to make this presumption, but a lot of times people are not very good writers. Like that's just a hard skill. And so Mm -hmm. what I often do is I have them write that for me and then we talk about it. And and what I find often is the really great nuggets about a third of the way down the story. And I go, oh, there it is. Let's put that at the top. But but talking about, you know, the, when I was born and then I, you know, walked three miles in the snow to get to school, whatever. They have to get through that in their own emotional sense to get to their story. And so sometimes I just let them write that because it helps them unlock a few other things. But what I'm really looking for is kind of their character. Generally, what I like to do is more start with, like here, I who, this is who I am right now. This is, and then this is what I've done with who I am. And so that's the way I tend to frame it. And I actually have some examples I show them. So that's, that's usually helpful too. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: It reminds me um, when I was younger, and uh, trying to get a job and, and someone people were asking me about my work and I was telling them this, telling them that, and I remember I had this one really, really cool, chic lady, she was very hip, and she was like, tell me something you've done that no one else has done. And that really kind of stopped me in my tracks and like 21-year-old Aaron was like, what, have I, what did I do that no one else did? And I had actually set up um, on my college campus, Hillary Clinton had come to speak and the Secret Service had said, Only 100 people can be in the room, and so I had to sync video to like five different conference rooms and do all this work with multimedia and all these things, and I was like, that seems like it's really specific to our campus and something no one else would have done, and they were like, so why didn't you lead with like, hey, I'm the person who made sure that I helped the Secret Service, even though I'm not a Secret Service person, I'm just an audiovisual geek, and I was like, well, it sounds much better when you say it that way. Um, but it was me telling the wrong parts of my story. I was being like, oh, I'm smart. I'm, I'm detail-oriented, which I'm really not, but I lied about it at that point in time. And so it was very interesting because sometimes asking a different question, I think, gets people to, like you said, tell their story in a different way or, or bring those real nuggets, as I think you called them out.
2: Well, and I think what you your story also just said to me is that, and people do this all the time, is they take for granted what they're awesome at. Like it's so easy for them mm. that they take for granted what their real strengths are. And so that's one of the reasons why I like to have them take the strengths finder, because it's a reminder often of, oh yeah, I am really good at that, but isn't everybody? And and no, not everybody. And so that's why it's always good to work with somebody who can see you from the outside. So a piece of it too, before we go today, I want to talk a little bit about you're telling your story. And here's a mistake a lot of people make is they just want to tell their story, but you really need to think about who am I t- trying to attract? Who is the target audience of people I want to tell my story to because you're going to tell different stories to different kinds of people. Like I, to my, when I go to my little bee association meeting, I'm going to tell a different story than when I go into a corporate setting and talk uh, to, to an executive client. So, Who knows actually, I may end up having some of the same conversations, but the idea is you really do want to think about your target audience and are you speaking, you're not trying to speak in a way that you're not trying to tell them what they want to hear. So let me be clear about that. But what you are trying to do is think about what's important to them about what I have to offer and how do I tell those kinds of stories.
1: I think that that's so important because I do think there's a lot of mislabeled advice about telling people what they want to hear. And so if you go into an interview or even just networking with someone and you're saying, yeah, I'm going to be on call 24 hours a day, but you really don't want to be on call 24 hours a day. If you get a job after telling everyone, yeah, I'm going to be on call, I'm going to be there for you. You call me at 2 a.m. I'm going to be there. And then you're not really going to be there on call at 2 a.m., which I mean, for me, I'm sleeping, but I know other people might be awake or doing something much more exciting at 2 a.m., you shouldn't tell that story because then on day one they're going to be like, oh, Erin's here till 2 a.m., she's going to be on call, she's going to be doing this, um, instead of getting to know who you really are. And so I'm not a big fan of telling people what they need to hear. I'm more of kind of telling what your story is. And if it's not what they need to hear, it might not be the right fit. And I don't know if you agree with that.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I went into an interview once, oh, it was probably 15 years ago, and I said to them, you should never hire me if you want to keep things the same. I'll drive you crazy. I won't be a good fit. <laughs> and they <laughs> laughed, at them. and I had I had a good reputation in my work, but they it was true. Like I'm I'm somebody mm-hmm. that likes to come in and improve things, create new things, you know, not keep the, you know things the same. And they said, no, no, we, we love that about you. But they actually really didn't. But they, they get kind of gave me a little corner to work in and <laughs> come up with new ideas. But, but I knew that about me. And I knew that I wasn't trying to um, just give them what they wanted to hear. Because what what I love to do is create. That's a part of my brand is to create new things and, um, and push the envelope and, and move forward. So... That
1: makes perfect sense, um, and I love that they gave you your own corner. They're like, just
2: create over here, Susan.
1: You know, we'll take care of. We're going to keep everything else the same. We're going to. Um, I can keep imagine that, that would you. be your <laughs> uh, You know, um, well, not every organization is aware enough. There's, I've talked to enough clients who were brought in as a change maker or a change agent, and the company's like, yes, redo everything, and then day one they're like, except for all of these things and here's a thousand things that you can't change and so it can be I think it's tough to be that kind of disruptor and that kind of innovative person because there's a lot of times where people say they want change but they're not really ready for it right right Um, you know and so the last thing I was hoping you could kind of leave our clients with is you know one of the things that you mentioned is you know the audience and knowing the audience where do you think they should kind of dig into questions or things they should do to figure out, you know, who should they should be talking to, who they should be starting with?
2: You know, that's where always having a a strong network and talking to a lot of people, like I I call, I don't call it informational interviewing, I go, I encourage my clients to go out and have meaningful conversations. And these are not about trying to get a job, they're just talking about the industry, talking about, Um, their work and I so I really encourage them to get out and have a lot of conversations and through that one of the pieces is and who would you suggest i talk to and you know and so they're gathering information as they go and so they it's not a, it's not a straight line using my it's not a b line i'll use my b analogy it's not a b line to mm-hmm. just the, the one person it's really about gathering that the, the people within your network to try and find the language the right people and um, hone your your story as you go on that's all the time we have this week on career conversations Thank you, Susan Critton,
1: so much. I look forward to our next career conversation every Monday at 1230 right here on WBOX and online at WBOX.com.